Suave Evening, and welcome to my new podcast, Social Therapy with Dr. Brother Suave. Listen, I'm so excited. I'm so excited about this first night. And just a little bit about myself. I'm brother, Dr. Brother Suave, mind-blowing, thought-provoking, and eye-opening, on-air personality, life coach, psychotherapist, author, creator, divine social therapist. Yes, that's right. You're a divine social therapist. So excited about tonight. I'm so excited about each and every Wednesday at 8.30. I'm going to be bringing on some mind-blowing, thought-provoking, and eye-opening dialogue and great minds. So be sure to share, to prescribe, subscribe, and just come in and enjoy and have a wonderful time. Because each and every night, we're going to have a, a mind-blowing and thought-provoking and eye-opening experience. And I just want to give special shout-outs because I believe in teamwork. I believe in coming together because everything I do, I'm not on this world, not on this planet, and I'm not on my team all by myself. There is no team me. There is a team of a bunch of collective brilliant minds that I came together and just to be able to talk about some brilliant people. So listen, what I'm going to do is just talk about and celebrate and acknowledge these people. I have my brilliant um, producer, Shannon B. Williams, which he is the success architect. You know, when you talk about architects, they put everything together. They have this brilliant idea and it comes to comes together all together and i just want to recognize him but also when you look at my graphics you look at this brilliant person this is i'm telling you this lady is brilliant she makes my product look very good with all the graphics and the dynamics and it is brandy the disconnector johnson but listen it's not just that the person who was part of my life helping me understand the radio business and everything about marketing and how to put together a program listen this person is Wallace, the motivator, Durham. He always kept me motivated, always had me on point and always supported me in everything I do. And also I have a young man who's teaching me about social media because I'm definitely intimidated by um, technology, but he's helped me out um, pretty much a couple of days during the week. And he's is definitely mature way beyond his years. And his name is Chris, the general father to six. And last but not least, I wanna recognize when you look at my brand, you look at that logo, that I'm trying to just make it go everywhere. This person who came up, she makes my shirts, she makes my product looks very, very, very nice. And so I just wanna recognize her name is Latasha Bird. She just make, make sure my products look very, very nice. So again, I just wanna be able to enjoy each and every week talking about mind blowing, thought provoking and taboo topics, okay? So I'm gonna give a couple of shout outs to some people who's special to me, some birthdays. So I'm a, my cousin, her name is Belinda Coney. This is her birthday. I just want to celebrate her. I have a dear friend over 30 years. Her name is um, Loretta Henderson. Man, she's a wonderful lady. She's always been there. She's been through a lot. She's definitely a, a, a queen and a hero in my eyes. And then we have, last but not least, um, fellow friend of mine, University of Miami student, um, Hall of Famer at the University of Miami, Melvin Bratton. So, and also, I just want to recognize anybody that I forgot, happy birthday to you. Just want to make sure. So listen, before we get this start, this show started, I just want to say thank you for tuning in and be sure to tune in every Wednesday at 8.30. So let's get this show on the road. Um, so my first, first guest that I'm going to be bringing in, this lady is brilliant. And as I told you, she's a wonderful person. I just want to talk about her. So I met this person um, on a, a program I did called Circle of Champions, and we networked. Um, over the, the course of a year's time. And we built a great relationship, started doing business together. And, and I learned a lot about her. And um, I gave her some tips on about certain things. But I'm going to tell you, she is definitely a powerful, wise beyond her years. So um, this person is Brandy, the disconnector, Johnson. Listen, she's a wife, an entrepreneur, an investor, an ICF certified life coach. She is the host of the coach and the disconnector. Um, she's also um, the host of Film Talk. Listen, she gained the name the disconnector because listen, she don't play, and she likes to pull the plug on dysfunction. She cut that real short, so that's what I learned about it. She doesn't play, and, she, and that dysfunctional stuff, she likes to cut it down to a shot. So now, she also likes to help others um, identify with revised and relationships and connections that are causing more harm than good. So without further ado, welcome to the wonderful, talented, and brilliant Brandy Johnson. 
Welcome, Randy Johnson. How are you? What a swap-tastic introduction. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yes. So listen, thank you. Um, we, we Now I got the butterflies out. Now we about to get down to some business, you know. Hey, listen, thank you for coming on. Thank you for being my first guest on Social Therapy with Dr. Brother Swab. Listen, I, I want to know something about you, Scott. So I want you to share to the listening audience about you. So where did this name, The Disconnected, tell me about it. I know I said a little thing, but I think you could bring, bring a lot more clarity than I can. Well, the best part is it, it was a coach that helped okay. me come up with that name. Because mm. one, I went from the connector to the disconnector, but okay. everybody identifies as a connector, right? Uh-huh. But I help people connect by disconnecting from stuff that's holding them back, causing obstacles, causing challenges, false loyalties, um, just learning things incorrectly that we're just now learning that are completely off center. But we were taught what our parents knew, what their parents knew, and so on and so forth. So when you get to an age and you realize you're not heading in the right direction, you got to disconnect from the things that you think you know to connect with the ones that you need to know. Absolutely. Yes, I, I definitely agree. In fact, um, when you say that, it just makes me think of a, a book that I'm, I wrote and I'm just going to edit it and I'll probably release it within six or seven months. But it's called The Ten Commandments of Challenge. Sometimes you got to challenge the old ways of learning. Right. And that's how you disconnect from old, old value systems, old habits that have been proven to be counterproductive. So I can definitely relate to the disconnector, you know, literally and figuratively. So, right. listen. <laughs> so listen, Brandy, again, um, tell, tell a little about history, about our relationship, how we met. I gave a little brief on it and tell me about um, how you believe it developed. That's interesting in itself, actually, because we, like you said, we met through Circle of Champions. That was when I was still identifying as the connector. Now, I didn't identify as the connector because I actually connect a whole bunch of people, it just, which did happen. Mm -hmm. But basically, or simply put, wherever I would go, people that needed to run into each other because of their connection to me would meet each other. Mm -hmm. Look at... Look at our sister queens and brother king on, on bridging the nations every Sunday morning. I believe I may have been the linchpin to those three coming together. And it wasn't anything intentional. I just beat up around and, and followed the flow of things when certain things come to an end. Um, rather than sitting there and ask myself, well, is this actually the end or am I missing? No. <laughs> my my intuition is on point at this at this exactly. time. So when it when it comes to the end, I disconnect and I prepare myself for the next thing. Yeah. And the next thing ended up being you. And you for the last year have been a mentor to me, have always checked in on me. I I <laughs> I do the same for you, but I need to do it more frequently because you are you are one of those great minds because identify as a wise woman in a young lady's body. So when I when I get the honor and privilege to have a mentor like you in my life. I soak up as much as I can when I can, because I know my, my brother King's on your level of things be very busy sometimes. And some of us get out here, we connect with these mentors and we're like, I need time. I need time. I need time. I just respect and honor the time that I do get with you from time to time. Okay, thank you. Yeah. And so and that's one of the things I think many people need to do to identify and the, the benefits of connecting, the benefits of teamwork, the build, the, the benefits of building relationships. Right. And so what happens is, as I always talk about, the most important relationship is the one you build with yourself. And so when you build that, it helps you disconnect from nonsense. It helps you stop the dysfunctions and it holds yourself accountable. So there you stop the madness and some of the things we'll be talking about tonight. So you get it, how I tied everything in. So what we do is, Tonight, we're going to be trying to talk about some of the things that help us become um, better people. And so we got to really start holding ourselves accountable. And what I realize in today's society, accountability, it seems to be a major issue for a lot of people. Mm. And sometimes it seems like the lie is the new truth. But people will tend to believe a lie before they believe the truth. Example, you tell someone something, the first thing they say, that's not true. You're lying. You tell them a the lie. They say, OK, why didn't you just tell the truth the first time? which is concrete evidence that they believe the lie before they believe the truth. 
Mm. You understand? Because one, they don't they don't hold themselves accountable. They don't embrace the truth, and that's a dysfunction. And we have to eventually stop the madness. So true. Absolutely. Because <laughs> this madness has to stop. And as you see, when you look at all these people here in this country and around the world, when they finally stop the madness, the sky is the limit. You see a lot of people just going to a whole nother level. One thing you can't replace is time. And you got to get on point. You got to get on board. You got to understand the significance of teamwork and mentorship. A lot of times um, people don't believe in mentorship. And I, I don't understand why. Because mentorship is just a, a person who's going to guide and coach you. They have experiences. Yeah. People always say experience is the best teacher. Well, I don't believe that. I think experience is listen to the words of the wise. So if you have a mentor, a person who's wise who experienced a lot of things, they can talk to you. And you can avoid a lot of hardships. You can learn a lot of um, strategies to get where you have to go in a more efficient manner. You have to be mindful of those things. And I'm going to tell you, I thank you for even honor, honoring me, uh, recognizing me as your mentor, because it's always been my pleasure to connect, to mentor, to give people. And I think what happens is when you give an information and people fight against it, it seems like it's consistent with one of my um, favorite books. And one of my favorite books is called the Book of Proverbs, which is the Book of Wisdom and Understanding. It talks about how people fight against wisdom and they do nothing but hurt themselves. And I, and so mm. when I, I realized in life, a lot of times people come to crisis, they get to crisis, and then that's when the epiphanies come. Well, I think we need to have insight and don't have epiphany as a result of crisis. And a lot of times when people come into your life and they give you information, take it as they're trying to empower it, trying to help you and not hurt you, especially right. people are you. you know? So again, we have to stop this madness. So what's your what's your um, opinion about this? Stopping the madness. Well, the madness, because I, I used to be a part of madness. I, I used to run around in victim mode at, not even seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And the madness stopped when I realized that every time a solution was presented to me, I would find a problem. Mm-hmm. I would find a problem to every solution that was presented to me from wiser minds other than my own. So at that point is when it was actually a car accident that even led to this whole process. Okay. Um, I was 28 going on 29 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a job interview and I felt good about the, the interview and I felt like I had the job. So my mom and my friend were at the house and I come in, I said, hey, let's go grab lunch. So we jump in my car. It's a 2011 Charger at the time. And we're sitting at the light waiting to get <laughs> lights right here. Chinese restaurants right over here. <laughs> So we're waiting for the light to turn green, and I look up, and this giant white truck is not stopping. It's a mm-hmm. big old Ford F-150. So that was literally the day before my 29th birthday. Okay. The truck hit us. We're all fine. Bumps and bruises, tweaked my shoulder, just small stuff in the big scheme of things. But that car accident was the reason why I realized that at 28 years old, and some people don't realize this until their 40s, their 50s, their 60s. I was 28 years old, married to a fantastic man, swaptastic man even. And we didn't have enough money to get a rental car until the insurance company could step in on Monday. That was the point I asked myself, what am I missing? Something has to be missing because I didn't, at that point, I wasn't even on the right track. I was still saying, well, it's the system, it's these people, it's this, it's that. It was me, it was this. So a few months later, I ended up joining a network marketing company that has changed its name since then and served me no purpose whatsoever other than introducing me to personal development on a higher level. That introduction to personal development and the continuation of personal development and growth and focus is what has led me here today with you. Great. You know, again, um, you know, sometimes crisis is 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 a a, a, a opening door to waking up. Right. But again, I I just believe that sometimes we can avoid those things. And and in your situation, it was unavoidable. But when it comes to people coming to your life, giving you some, try to embrace it. And so, and again, I tell you guys, listen, she is wise beyond her years. And one of the things I tell people, they don't understand these these periods from age twenty nine to thirty nine is a, a, a transitional period is the most difficult time 
A lot of times, as you said, some people don't wake up. As you see, a lot of people wake up when they get 40, 45. And, and, but during those years, man, it's, it's very challenging. You could be on point on, on your economics. You could be on point in your credit, your education. But it's a part of that brain develops and you don't really wake up. So when somebody at a certain age like yourself and start to wake up and see any things, she's ahead of the game. And, and you had to count it a blessing to be ahead of the game. Because mm -hmm. I told you, all I always tell you, you are an incredible woman, a swap credible woman, a swap amazing woman. And I always tell you, you're years beyond. You're, you are so way beyond. I mean, I, I see this, the things over the years of, of meeting you and talking to you. A lot of people are still struggling with that stuff. It's like to you, it seems like you've been here before. Because I'm telling you, a lot of stuff that we talk about, and again, ladies and gentlemen, listen, uh, what, our conversation tonight is going to be like some of the conversations we have tonight um, when we're talking. You know, so just remember, the way I'm in private is the way I'm in So we're going to get into some of these things. So um, I have some questions for you. So we got to get this thing a little, bring up the temperature. Oh, you say, bring it on. So let me think, what do you think of one of the biggest struggles in terms of these dynamics between us? Males and females, our community. Mmm, that's a multifaceted problem. You can go all the way back to the Willie Lynch letter. You can come back to the fact that everybody busy shaking their booty than feeding their minds. Mm. <laughs> well, not everybody, but you know what I mean. Uh, right. Our younger generations, it's like, I love them. I don't fully understand them. But I know that if by a certain age, if I continue on the path that I'm on, because I used to be like, what is wrong with these kids? But now I'm more like, you know what? Let me focus on the things that I can focus on. Continue building in my life. So because it's the shiny things that gets their attention now. Absolutely. The, the, the big house, the big cars, the this, the that. So it's hard to convince them that you don't need to be a rapper, an athlete, a drug dealer to make that kind of money that you see on TV. But until you can show them something to prove you know what you're talking about, what the hell are they going to stop and listen to you for? Mm-hmm. So that that that's what I've been focusing on, mm -hmm. um, and that I, I believe that's where the disconnect is. We're too busy comparing uh, our use to our use, and it's not the same. Society has changed, which means our youth has changed. They have a Absolutely. different set of needs. The basic needs are always going to be the same: food, water, shelter, uh, nurturing. Now, what I've observed difference between men and women is, um. These younger cats, let's say under the age of 35, are trying to redefine what it is to be a man because they can't live up to certain standards now. Mm -hmm. And us women don't know what real men look like. And when we encounter a real man that is a true leader, that is somebody that gets up, goes to work, does what they need to do no matter how they feel, we don't know what to do with that. We think, okay, all I need to do is throw a little booty at him. And that'll keep him happy. When you're dealing with a real man like that, they want wife material. They want somebody that's going to cook, clean, help build. Like in my instance, my husband makes the money. I make the money, make money. That's our dynamic. But you have to be on a certain frequency and wavelength to get there. I've been with my husband since I was 22. I'm now 36 years old. Mm -hmm. But when I tell you we done been through some shit, baby. <laughs> there have been times that I thought he was a monster. There have been times that he was like, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> Meaning this, this right here. <laughs> and, and so I'm going to ask you ladies, do you want to be married or do you want to be a wife? Because the two things are not the same. Absolutely. You know, yeah. And I think that's what happens. It's just like the wedding and the marriage. Right. You know, and I think sometimes we look at quantity and quality, you know, and over the years of, of, of doing couples therapy and coaching and a lot of times people publicly say, man, listen, listen, we've been married 30 some years. We've been married 40 some years. We've been married 20 something years, but the quality of it. And I think what happens is because so many people believe those years actually mean something and people love to manipulate certain things in a way that gives them favor to look like it's shiny. And I'm definitely, right. 
I am definitely an advocate of marriage. I'm an advocate of strong, healthy, and functional relationships. But the key word is functional. The key word is uh, uh, healthy. The key word is strong. And 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 I've done so much therapy and couples, and to see that behind the scenes, these people sometimes. And I'm not going to say all. That's my disclaimer. But a lot of times, man, they've been married for a long time by the paperwork and by staying together. But it has been terrible. It's been dysfunctional. A lot of resentment. And people have been comfortable in their dysfunctions. They accept it. And, and, and they get used to it. And they feel that they can't do better. And a lot of times they don't challenge themselves. And then when everybody say, and it's year in and year out, and everybody said, well, this is year number 40. But then when you talk to them in a, in a session and you get, because nobody's around, nobody's impressed, trying to there to impress anybody, and you ask them certain questions, all the truth come out, the resentment, all the problems that have been going on for decades. Right. And, that, and a lot of people don't understand why a lot of people my age and younger don't want to get married. You guys stayed together for the kids, stayed together because it was too much trouble to go through a divorce or do this or do that. Or you, you didn't want to be married anymore, but you didn't want her with somebody else. So you didn't want him with somebody else. Like if you're going to be happy, be happy with one another or be happy with other people. But don't sit there and be miserable because of either laziness or a false sense of duty, because we've talked about you and some of the stuff you've been through. You could be copacetic with certain things that happen when you have a child or children involved and still be two happy individuals with separate lives. Absolutely. And sometimes and what I love about this conversation, too, mm -hmm. it didn't even dawn on me that most people my age don't want to get married for the most part. And it's not because they don't want to be happy with that, that person they want to be with for the rest of their life. It was one, they never learned what a real marriage should look like. My husband and I had to build to that. I had no idea what a real marriage looked like. I just knew I wanted. I'll tell you when things smoothed out. And we stopped going through all of our changes in this household. When him and I chose to come together and focus on building a legacy. For our future generations. Little things no longer matter. When he leaves the toilet paper on the, on the towel holder. Instead of putting it back on the toilet paper roll holder. When he, when he leaves paper towels all over the house instead of putting it back where they go. When he walks in and drops his pants anywhere and goes on about playing his game or whatever he's going to do. Little stuff like that could really trigger a lot of women. Me, I'm like, that's not a big deal. Could I gripe about it? Absolutely. But all my needs are met and we are building something that's going to... I can't even fully envision it in my mind what my husband and I are currently building. Because of mm -hmm. our level of cooperation and faith in one another and trust in one another. And the more that we trust and grow in these things, the closer and closer we've been becoming. Absolutely. Because you guys believe in teamwork and, and the legacy that you're trying to build. You know, those things coming together. This is what I'm saying. When you're coming together, you, you want to have a partner. You want to be on the same page. You want to be aligned. You want to be, uh, as we say, cultivate and embrace with like-minded people for mutual betterment. And so right. when you un understand that, you, you guys be aligned and you communicate because communication, effective communication is the key. You have to communicate right. so that each party can know. And, and what you do is assess each other and look at your strengths. You look at their strengths and people hate to use the word use, but you got to use those strengths of each other for the best interest of that institution and that relationship. Yeah, example for that, too. <laughs> my my specialty in all uh -huh. things that I do is attention to details. Oh, my God. Yes. When I realized that my husband, he comes up with excellent plans, but he skips steps because he's not looking at the details. He just want to get there. As he's <laughs> as he's laying the bricks, I'm cutting in with the mortar. OK, he's got the grandiose plans. I'm putting the pieces together to lock every link together. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It. I laughed when I realized that, but that's just what it is. I, his strength is planning. My strength is making the plans happen through focusing on the details. And that's what's important when it comes to the, the intimacy, the balance, intimacy. Like you say, I cook, you clean. I cut, 
you rake. You know, right. I put down the 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 uh, the bricks. You 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 fill in the where where I'm missing. You covering, and where you covering, I'm missing. So we have to come together and have each other back. But the details are important, and the reason I say details because what happens is a lot of people miss very important details. You know, so many times people say you got to crawl before you walk, but no, you have to crawl and you got to stand up and get those legs strong enough to be able to walk. And so details are very important. And a lot of times that's what hurts us because details are seeing things in a person that you may, if you don't, if you're just walking around, you're missing those details because you're so fascinated with the relationship and being in one, you're ignoring a lot of the warning signs. And a lot of times we are victims or we play victims because we don't take the time to pay attention to details. And so it's important to look at little details because they eventually, if you don't say anything, they'll progressively get worse. And then yeah. you try to blame them, but you don't take ownership and saying, listen, I let this go. I let this slide because I didn't, I didn't communicate my feelings and my thoughts about what bothered me or what we can work on together. Because if we have intention on being in a long strong healthy and functional relationship we got to be able to communicate we got to be able to talk to each other about it because then if you don't say anything what happens you hold it in and then you explode and then the person feels like they're being attacked because you went off because right. you didn't talk to them about it you know when, by the time you talk to them about it you are already into your feelings and that that's something that we used to that that's how some of our uh issues used to happen the ones that we quickly work through now because we voice them now. But my husband has, uh, to just blatantly put it, fucking ridiculous memory. Okay? He can tell you the weather outside and the exact verbiage of a conversation from 15 years ago. Okay. So, with that type of memory, mm -hmm. while I'm just letting stuff simmer, letting stuff simmer and build up, build up, build up. When I have my explosion, his his uh, retaliation or his fallback is, well, you've been doing this, you did that, you fell on this, you did that. So he'd bring up my past when I would finally blow up about things that have been going on consistently for a while. So once we understood that's what we were doing, mm -hmm. we wipe the slate clean. If we have a problem, we say it right then and there. And if we don't say it right then and there, it's because there's a temper involved. And rather than say it the way that it immediately comes out and risk hurting somebody's feelings for no reason mm -hmm. other than the fact that you didn't take time to think how, okay, how does she receive stuff? How does he receive stuff? Mm -hmm. I know I'm angry about this, but how does he best receive information? So I know how to word it, the context, the mood, to present the information about the issue that I'm having so it is well received and can be addressed properly. It's very important to learn to communicate, as you said. Because if you do not, you don't only risk not being able to develop romantic relationships. You risk always being miserable at work. You always you risk always defaulting to whatever your your basic understanding of things is. Whenever stuff gets rough, when you're trying to build a business, whatever it might be, it affects everything. And we don't think well, it, we wouldn't think about it because we weren't taught that. Like Absolutely. I said, our parents, my parents, my father, my mother come from an era in which they were they were surviving. So my generation comes along and we've been taught to think as if we had to survive. Whereas mm -hmm. I've never missed a meal. I have never I've never I've never been without a car since I've been driving age. Mm -hmm. I've never run out of gas. And most people think I'm bragging when I say something like that. But no, I had fantastic, swamp-tastic, swamp-amazing parents. Were there yes. some things that they fell short of? Of course. Every generation before the other does. But mm -hmm. that's what the point is. Every new generation should be better than the last. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that we have to realize and how we build legacies. And I think what happens collectively, a lot of us are on this social roller coaster. Right. One generation does good, then the other generation is spoiled, so they go down, and then now they got to fight to get back up, but then they get comfortable because they provide a good life for their children, and it goes back down. And sometimes we have to communicate and help them understand 
And that's where the communication comes in. It's the communication, it's the coaching, it's the teaching, it's the nurturing of every generation, help them have a, a value system. What we say, more is a generational value system so we can progressively go up. You know, we, so we can't keep going back up and down. And then this is when it comes to all these, uh, again, uh, uh, social, spiritual, and clinical. And this is what happens with us. You know, socially, we go up and down. Uh, it, mentally, we have these uh, uh, mood swings because we don't know how to communicate. We don't know how to go into functional relationships. And then the spiritual, we we just up and down in terms of the generational curses. You know, one person is trying to do well, and then they have kids, and then they don't honor because of a lot of social constructs. So we have to be very mm -hmm. mindful for yeah. how all this stuff comes into play. And this is why it's important to communicate. And one of the things I noticed, um, every generation is critical of the younger generation pretending that they didn't do anything. It's like I, I remember speaking at a, a youth gang summit downtown Miami. And I remember this lady was talking about these kids wearing these sagging, showing their underwear and everything, doing all this complaining. And I, and I asked her, I said, um, asked her how she was. And she's very comfortable telling me how, she, how old she was. So it let me know she was 20 years my senior. So at 20 years my senior, that means in 1967, she was wearing hot pants, go-go boots, showing her stomach and 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 having those those afros and showing the cleavage and everything. That's it, where are we hoping? <laughs> yeah, so you consider what her parents say that was extremely, um, extremely over the top. You feel me? So, right. but then, and I was saying, so you forgot that you was doing these things. Y'all was, I think, starting smoking reefers. That was that hippie generation or whatever. But you talking about these kids in the sagging? They didn't show all that flesh. And so now, and then I think about even my generation talking about that. And I'm like, wow. Uh, I think in 1993, they had a song called um, Knocking the Boots. They had Loop, Pop That P. Um, they had all these songs <laughs> that it was in my generation. And we're talking about it. So maybe we go in a way that some of the people can uh, listen to what we say in terms of faith communication and say, listen, I was young. I used to do this. And I don't think it's the best representation. But I do right. understand and respect fashion. So what we can do if come to them and they maybe not be so defensive and they can hear us and hear what we're trying to relate to them. But sometimes when we attack, it's just not people shut down. Our, our younger folks who do run around with their pants around their butt. I don't I personally wouldn't care about your pants being around your butt if we didn't live in the society that we live in. Because think about it. Policing issues. If your pants are around your ass and you need to run for your life because the officer done lost his fucking mind, you think you're going to get very far with your pants down there? <laughs> I'm just saying, it's self-preservation to me. One of, the one of the clearest signs of intelligence to me, without knowing anything else about an individual, is self-preservation skills. Absolutely. You'll be surprised when you actually pay attention. Observe the people around us. There are a lot of people with a complete and total lack of self-preservation skills. But our youth, our black youth, our black young people, our black elders, we can't afford to not be aware and, and, and respond accordingly as far as self-preservation goes. I'm not saying the world is out to get us, but it's also not our friend yet. Yes, absolutely. We have to be mindful of that. And that's the, why a lot of times... Our conversation with our children is a lot different from other people in conversation. Right, right. So those are some of the things we have to talk about. And this is, again, it goes back to effective communication. Communicates, communicating with our loved ones, communicating with our children, communicating with our community. And so when you look at it, it helps everybody understand about self-preservation. Mm -hmm. Because you, 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 you minimize, uh, you're minimizing the stress minimizing the conflict, minimizing the arrest, the situations, the arguments. Well, this is why we have so much suicide nowadays, too. Because the parents, I know my parents tried to protect me from the world. And luckily, again, I'm married to a man that said, okay, she's too green. I got to teach her something. Yes. Because he's concerned about my safety, as he should be. Because my parents raised a brat, but not a fool. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so, when he began teaching me, he didn't know how I best receive information. So, <laughs> a lot of what he was saying just sounded really mean. 
Like, I need you to cover your arms when you go out. I, I didn't understand why. I thought he would he was trying to, to conform me somehow. He's from all, he was trying to mold me, but I didn't mm-hmm. understand the purpose. And he the at purpose. that point he didn't understand how to explain the purpose of what he was saying. He was on I'm a man, what I say goes. Yeah. Most of us ladies don't respond properly to that. But ladies, if you have one of those, there's a purpose. You you guys just gotta learn how to communicate better. Yeah, I'm glad but you said like, that. Cover your arms. Um when you're in the car and you're by yourself, cut that that light off that that comes on when you open the door. Nobody needs to immediately know that you are a woman by yourself at night. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the stuff didn't make sense at first. And now I look back at it, I'm like, oh, he really does care. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And and and, and again. When people are telling you something, they're not trying to hurt you. And so a lot of ladies struggle with that. They struggle seeing it's about conforming. We have different, our corporate clothes and the way we see things are completely different from you guys. We there, and when we're operating, we mm-hmm. operate in a mode of protection. And that's our responsibility. And it seems like we get so much kickback. And I see so many, like, you would rather, a lot of ladies would rather, Put themselves in front of a bullet before we do, and when we try to do it, you say, "No, I got it," and or or, or it's, it's a situation where you would rather inconvenience yourself than me being inconvenienced. And I'm like, "No, I'm here to protect you." So when I'm telling you something, please, when I'm t- don't say I, I got it, embrace that because I, I I'm telling you because I I care and I love you and I don't want anything to happen to you. So embrace that. Well, just think about it, common sense wise, okay? And this is not a good statistic, but we. Okay, if you don't know this statistic, look it up. Over seventy percent of Black children grow up without, with in a single family, in a single parent household. Most of which are obviously single mothers. So, even though it's not the best situation, a child can thrive better with just their mom than just their dad. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm saying it's more likely to happen without as much damage if there's only one parent available. Mother's nature sometimes outweighs father's nature or nurture, excuse me. Now, fathers can learn to nurture just like mothers. And I believe every little boy and girl needs a strong male role model if they don't have their fathers in their lives. But that's a conversation for another time. But kids thrive with their mothers as long as they have a mother. Because just because you gave birth to a child don't make you a mother. Some mothers are freaking horrible, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, or otherwise. But that child with the right nurture and guidance will grow up very strong and wise, or at least learn to look forward to become wise with the mother. Now, if a one of you have to serve, if one of you were to sacrifice yourself mm. as a woman with a good man, you should let it be the man. Will it hurt? Yes. Will that child miss out? Yes, but that child will suffer more damage if you sacrifice yourself on his behalf rather than allow him to do what he's supposed to as a man. Yeah, now, there's gonna be some men like that's some bullshit. Well, you know what? Um, the results of this household over the last 14 years will prove otherwise. The right mentality breeds abundance, it breeds prosperity, it breeds blessings, it breeds the breaking of generational curses. I'm not talking about something that I'm guessing about. I'm talking about something I experience day to day. Yeah, I think a lot of times we we, we don't understand um, one nurturing. And and, and my belief is that when it comes to nurturing, I think because, again, as a nurturer myself Mm -hmm. and learning nurturing, and I think a lot of times we don't get credit for that. And so people say, well, we just are just protectors and providers. Not always. You can learn to be nurturers too. No, but this is my point. Because a lot of times when you have, um, again, a lot of us haven't had those nurturing fathers. But when you have them, I'm telling you, men are very nurturing. It's just that a lot of us subscribe to these social constructs about, oh, I have to be hard. But let me tell you something. Men are very nurturing. 
especially when it comes to teaching and nurturing their sons, their seeds. You Correct. know, you know, because I mean, we 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 our nurturing is just like our love language is different from your love language. So our nurturing language towards our young men, not the the grown boys and adult males, but the the men who are raising young men. I'm gonna need you to break down the difference for the ladies that don't understand. I happen <laughs> at, at this point in life, I just say I'm lucky. I am blessed. I'm lucky. Things go my way, one way or another. Sometimes my path path is blocked, mm -hmm. but it comes to me in a different form I wasn't expecting. If I'm truly meant to have it. Okay. So, I I was fortunate enough that I come from a household that my father is a real man. Does he okay. have skulls? Absolutely, every man does. But he's my father. Like I said, he they raised a brat, not a fool. <laughs> I'm sticking by that. Yes. Yeah. Again, um, a lot of times we 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 society at large just haven't made a clear distinction. They just look at all of us as, as men and all of us not men. All of us are males. As a matter of fact, we are all males. Some of us are grown grown boys. Some of us are adult males. And then there's that few of us who develop into men who honor our families, honor our community, honor ourselves, represent ourselves. We are strong. We are providers. We are leaders. We are lovers. And, and, and the thing is, and so when we see something going wrong, we want to protect our house. We want to protect our family. We want to protect our women and our children and our legacy. And so those are the things you have to see when we put in all that pressure for you to do all that. It says a lot about our character and it definitely says we're not a man because we know what sacrifice is. We, we have accepted the fact that we have to sometimes go to war and leave you everything, leave the life insurance policy, leave the house, leave the car, and we go out there and get our knives, our spears, our guns, and fight war for your liberties. But we understand that, and it's not a gripe about it. So sometimes when we're trying to do something that's organic to us, we don't need that kickback fighting saying, no, no, I'll do it. You know, and I remember um, having a conversation um, my dad one time, and, you know, and it was just funny because I think about the things he taught me, you know, and my, my dad, my granddaddy, but my granddaddy was this king to me. But as these things my dad taught me, like dressing, we he loved to dress. I love the dress. They always say, boy, you're just like your daddy, loving the dress. But one thing I remember, the, 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 the few conversations we would have about certain subject matters, mm -hmm. and I remember he was just saying, you stay in your lane, I stay in my lane. We won't have no accidents. <laughs> you know now, my my husband used to get stuff like that from his granddad. He just kind of looked at him like, what the hell does that mean? And now, like, he's been having all kinds of epiphanies lately. Yes. He's about the yes. age of 30 to, I ain't going to tell you his age. He's just older than me. Not by <laughs> myself. Like, every year, at least two or three times, he's like, you know, my granddad used to say such and such and so and so. And I would be looking at him like, he's just a grumpy old man. And I'm like, granddad was right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And see, this is the thing where people always say, um, experience the best teacher. Sometimes the best teacher listens to the words of the wise. And so sometimes listen, some experiences don't need to be had. <laughs> yes, exactly. If you like it, I love it, damn it. Exactly. So when you listen to them elders, trust, they didn't they didn't have the experience that we definitely don't want to have. So sometimes they they just trying to tell us to be proactive to avoid a lot of heartaches in our lives and in our relationships, you know? Well, that's something I want to speak on, too, actually. And that is... We, we, we're all hard-headed, right? Well, for, for the younger folks that might see this at some point in time, listen to your elders, but choose the elders that you listen to. Absolutely. If your elders are living a life or they're able to move in a way that you, you find fascinating or, or, or want to be able to do yourself, Listen to what they have to say, because the sooner you can open your mind and begin to learn what they're trying to teach you, the less revising and rebuilding you have to do when you understand what you had then, but no longer have now. You got to go out here and pay mentors. You got to go out here and pay coaches. And you got to hope they're not going to screw you the hell over when you pay them. 
and spend time with them and then realize nine months down the road, this person crazy. They don't know what the hell they talking about. <laughs> Let, yeah. Let's skip that step because my generation in particular, I, I, I'm just speaking for myself. I feel like I'm making up for lost time. My father comes from an era that they shut down all the schools rather than freaking integrate because they jackasses. So he didn't get the opportunity and chances that I have mm-hmm. at the age that I have it. So when okay. I wake up and I say, I don't feel like it. Or when I wake up and say, it ain't worth it. Because I want to take as many people with me as I can. But if you're not willing to do the basic thing and crawl, I damn sure ain't about to run with you on my back. Mm. It missed me with that foolishness and, excuse my language, fuckery. <laughs> no thank you, please. <laughs> no thank you. Again, you pulling the plug on dysfunction. I am. That's my job. That That is what I've identified I am best at. Whatever form it comes in. Because everybody thinks stuff should look one way. It doesn't. If you no. are a human being who is constantly growing, how you identify one year to the next is going to change. It's supposed to. I know exactly what I want. And I know I have to continue to evolve, learn, place things in the right spot in order to get it. Yeah. As I become ready for the next level, the opportunities, the path, the pieces will come together. I trust that process now. I yes. didn't know it was a process at first. And now I'm like, oh. I'm going to read this book. Yes. I'm going to this mentor. I'm going to tune into this. Mm-hmm. I I watch TV. Now, George, George C. Frazier said, as black people, we got you ain't got no business watching television. Yes, I watch television, but I watch it at night before I go to sleep for the most part. Yes. I watch idiotic stuff. I'm not even going to lie. I watch Archer. I watch South Park. It's just dumb stuff that makes me laugh that I don't have to think about. But that, see, that's the balance of it. It's, it's what happens is when you have to evaluate yourself and know that if you know that you can't afford to watch that type of foolery, then you shouldn't watch it. It's just like certain people can't use um, drugs. Some people can't use alcohol. They have to yeah. know who they are because that type of information, uh, Archer or whatever, that could like certain people can't listen to hip hop because they are such followers. They, they are so easily to get influenced. They, they, they don't need to watch TV. They don't need, all they need to do is keep their head in something positive because they're easily influenced. And you can tell about their actions. And so I, I definitely believe that you have to every day make a commitment and an investment in yourself to grow. You know, I, I hear people always say, um, I'm not changed. I'm still the same old person. You don't understand. Oh, a person like me, no, but the thing is, a person like me, you know what I, I hear? Is that you stuck on stupid because you actually said a synonym there is you said it, not me. Exactly. You still the same person and you don't need to change. So 10 years past, you still the same person. And I think we have to always invest in ourselves and gradually grow. And I'm telling you, I am only blah blah years old. And I'm telling you, every day I'm trying to grow. Every day I'm trying to learn something. Every month, every year, every decade, I am trying to grow. I have never been in the same place mentally, spiritually, uh, uh, socially. I am constantly growing. I've always been a work. I'm always going to be a student. I'm always learning. I'm always seeking out mentors, always trying to learn. You know, I don't think anybody who knows me is going to sit there and say, I've been in the same place. I'm always. I'm going to need you to teach me your level of discipline because I ain't never met nobody that done lived 17 lives in one. <laughs> hey, you know, it's funny. That you, <laughs> a lot of times people say, you didn't do that. You didn't. Oh, I'm going to have them receipts. <laughs> you know, and, and then that's the thing. People are like, yeah, right. But again, because I believe in myself and I don't need nobody to co-sign me. Like when mm-hmm. I used to say, I'm suave tablets, I'm suave. And I'm great. And they were like, yeah, right. Why are you bragging on yourself? Listen, I don't need you to tell me how great I am. I think a lot of times people always say, what? let us tell you you're great. You don't have to say it about yourself. And then when I say, I'm going to wait for that? No. That me. <laughs> oh, no. And you actually just reminded me of another point. With that, 
uh, we were talking about, I was talking about, I should say, the the suicide rate amongst our youngsters. Oh, okay. I believe one of the things that have been contributing to that is that parents, they want to do their best to protect their kids from the world before they're ready. But if you don't expose them little by little to how that world actually is, especially our black youth, because we got a lot of these moms like, you 18, get out. That's bullshit, but you got a lot of people that do it. Mm -hmm. So you kick them out there and they realize, how do I move in this? I was not prepared for this. Exactly. And that's why they're like, okay, dead is better than this. They don't understand to seek guidance, to seek mentorship, to seek a higher level of thought in order to out- smart any obstacle that is placed in your way mm -hmm. Brandy, I, I have to address that. you know and i agree with you i think parents we fail our children in an area of waiting till they get 18 and say you on your own you're an adult now okay college is traditionally four years high school is traditionally four years mm -hmm. a kid needs to be in like a a parent academy Ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade is for graduation. You, 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 so they could be better prepared to launch, but they got four years of learning how to do things as they transition until an adult. So many parents fail their children. They, they get the license 18. They don't have no experience driving. And so they get 18, then they finish that month. They don't even have six months of driving, a month of driving, two years drive, and they're going away to college. They're green. They're naive. They don't have any instincts. A lot of stuff they don't know how to think. They don't know how to cook. They don't know how to figure things out for themselves. Instead mm -hmm. of, you know, doing things year by year, this is what I'm saying. Take baby steps every year. So by the time they become an 18-year-old, they got four years of experience learning how to cook, four years of experience learning how to drive, maneuver, uh, um, pay bills, learn how to save money, learn how to um, work on a credit. All those things are important. But what we do is we get a quick crash court six months before you say, oh, you're 18, bam. And our children are not prepared. And 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 and, 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 and they don't have the instincts. You remember, those are the things where you need experience. Mm -hmm. So you start figuring things out. But no, they're 18 and they're going. And, and then next thing you know, they get away, get pregnant or, or get beat up or get robbed because they're green. They're going out there at a new campus like, like they've never been nowhere. They should have been experienced and even know how to to interact and engage and have social skills. And those are things that I think sometimes we as parents fail our kids because we last minute them. And then and then one of the things we do is say, hey, you don't know this, how they supposed to know? You didn't take the time to invest in your own child that you brought into this world, but you want to sit there and have have this unreasonable expectation. And the same thing with relationships. You, you, you have this man who have no experience being independent, having his own, knowing how to pay bills, knowing how to be a leader, and then next thing you know, you say, Dad, you're a man. There you go. You should know how to do this because you're a man. How? How are you supposed to learn how to be a man? <laughs> when did you take time to teach him that? Yeah, but I'm saying, when, who was in this life to teach him? Exactly. But again, this is the thing, you know, people don't learn things um, just through the, the, you have to take the time to, to teach. And this is what I'm saying again, communication. You got to communicate to our kids, communicate with our friends, our coworkers, our, our, our husbands, our wives. Everybody, that's is that is important. It's vital. So we sending our kids and, and, and failing them, and then when they when they come back, you say you should have known better. How you never had that conversation? You having this conversation with a child after you didn't left the house? Yeah, everyone said it should be common sense. Well, common sense is common when common experiences are had. Exactly. <laughs> How is it common sense? Like. It baffles me. Like, literally, pay attention. When you're driving in a parking lot and you're looking for, for a place to park, it's like clockwork. When you turn into a parking lot and you're highly aware that, um, this is just the way I think about it, I assume that everybody around me is stupid when I'm driving. Mm -hmm. So everything going on around me as I'm driving, I'm paying attention to. Who's in what lane? How, how close is the car behind me? How close am I to the car in front of me? Is there any sirens or anything going off? Is there anything that is suspicious as far as somebody swerving? I just assume everybody on the road with me is stupid. 
So when that jackass from the four lanes over comes flying over here because he realized he needed to turn left, I just politely hit my brakes. It, it, keep going. That part. But that level of awareness takes practice. Yes, and get some experience. And I, and we send our children without any experience. As I say, they got three months of driving, four months, less than six months of driving before you send them off. Well, I want to incentivize people that believe that their kids should get their own cars. The sooner your child is driving, <laughs> the sooner they understand that driving means you have other people's lives in your hands. That brings yeah. a level of discipline. It brings, brings a level of respect for human life. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll also let you know how much more you need to pour into this kid before you unleash it onto the world. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> we keep going. And let me tell you something. I I, I, I I can't emphasize to you how much I see this happening all the time. You know, it like I'm like, why 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 you didn't get his license when he got 16? I couldn't afford a car. I wanted to teach him to be responsible. No, yeah, it's you, a life. You probably spent twenty thousand dollars on bullshit over the course of this kid's life whether it's bundles shoes going out on dates you couldn't actually afford mm -hmm. uh taking trips you couldn't actually afford that's all money you should have put in the pot for the kid mm -hmm. whether it's for down payment to get started with college properly and that's another thing i have a, a different idea on. Oh, wow. if you could teach a child to start a business to pay for their own education do that yeah. Why allow your kid to start off backwards yeah, by pulling but, out student loans that they can never get rid of, especially a black kid? Because we know our society, they can go to school and become the best doctor ever. But some of these jobs aren't for them, no matter how educated they are. Mm -hmm. But that degree, they know how to run a business. They can build a business around that degree if necessary. Absolutely. We don't want to have that conversation. Absolutely. So, um, Brandy, I, 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 I am so happy um, that you came tonight. Listen, um, tell the listening audience how to contact you, um, how they can get in contact with you and some of the service that you may provide. And so awesome. um, we got about uh, a minute and a half left. And what? yes. <laughs> so first and foremost, I want to thank the planet for having us on their their what they're building. I'm excited about it and I'm inspired by it. And it it it's the reason why I keep pushing the way that I keep pushing. So if y'all don't know what I'm talking about, definitely tune into that. Learn more about NPN TV and the vision and how it's going to grow here and from here on out. But if you want to get in contact with me, if you want to follow me more, if you want to learn more about me, because I am, again, a multifaceted individual. Sometimes you're going to get silly me. Sometimes you're going to get very serious me. Sometimes you're going to get the extremely thoughtful, somewhat quiet, but paying attention to everything me. Mm -hmm. They all go hand in hand. So if you want to get a hold of me, if you want to follow me more, I'm on Instagram at the, excuse me, Brandy the Disconnector. I recently changed it. I told you I was Brandy the Connector for a long time. Brandy the Disconnector on Instagram. Brandy the Disconnector on Facebook. And if for some reason you're on Twitter, um, be the Disconnect. And if you would like to follow our show, The Coach and the Disconnector, just simply go to thecoachandthedisconnector.com. Takes you right to our Facebook show page. And from there, we're also on E360 Television at e360tv.com and as this grows we're likely going to be on npntv.com oh excuse me dot org instead npntv.org keep an eye on that it's going to be amazing and suave amazing too <laughs> and I thank you so much thank you guys for showing up and and we was here to show out and uh, as the show develops each and every wednesday at 8 30 um social therapy with dr brother suave um i listen just remember, man, love yourself. And remember, great minds reach great places. I love you. I mean it. Enjoy your night. Bye-bye.
This program was made possible by Neighborhood Planet Broadcasting Systems, Neighborhood Planet Network, and from contributions to NPN TV from viewers like you.